From high atop Rocky Road in Moab, Utah, it's KZMU News. I'm Molly Marcello. This is your news for Wednesday, August 17th. Students are beginning to return to classrooms across the country, and many will no longer have access to something they might have come to rely on, a free meal. Nutrition advocates say the nationwide free lunch for all program helped address food insecurity and childhood hunger for millions during the first two years of the pandemic. But that's going away this school year. Congress has decided that that is no longer a priority. So this year we're going back to the traditional model for school lunches um, where we have free, reduced or full pay students. Grand County Schools Director of Child Nutrition Alicia Packard. The federal waivers providing free breakfast and lunch for all expired, and Congress chose not to renew them. Now families who are above certain federal income thresholds will again have to pay for their children's lunches. And experts say that can be tricky in Moab, where the federal income thresholds don't necessarily reflect the cost of living here. Jeremy Spaulding, Grand County Schools Community Coordinator. I mean, we all know that people in this community um, still struggle to make ends meet. Wages have gone up considerably in town. The other side of it is that rents have also gone up considerably over the last few years. According to the Utah Department of Workforce Services, the average monthly wage in Grand County has gone up by about $500 in the last two years. That could be enough to bump a family from qualifying for free and reduced lunch, but not enough to comfortably afford the meals. Packard says the schools kind of need to fill in this gap of those families who have always qualified before but are now making $20, $21 an hour and don't qualify. The challenge is that they're not making enough to live comfortably. And so adding the extra expense of school lunch is still a considerable expense over the course of the year, especially not having had to budget for that for the last two years. The Grand County School District has no plans to increase meal prices this year. They're the same as they were in 2020, about two to three bucks per meal. But this cost can add up. At full price, school meals run about $450 to over $600 for one student for the entire school year. We've already had one parent reach out to us. This person has four kids in school and doesn't qualify. Um, And that burden is going to be about $2,000 over the year. I mean, that's a, that's a high cost. Okay, you're going to get a breakfast here, and then you're going to go to that window and get your lunch in a box, okay? In the early days of the pandemic, cafeteria workers boarded buses. They were dropping off free meals to children at different locations around town. That free program had a high participation rate here in Grand County. And when schools returned to in-person learning, they saw 70% of students continuing to eat free lunch. For Packard, this was an absolute dream. I cannot tell you how big of a blessing having free lunch is. Free lunch is awesome. Um, <laughs> I think it it really relieves pressure on our families. I mean, you have so much other things to think about, like, do we have shoes and pencils and all of this stuff for your kids? And to not have one more thing to think about, did I send my kid with lunch money today? Is my kid going to eat lunch today? Like... To not have to think about that is huge. And to be able to fill that gap for the last two years has been absolutely phenomenal. And Packard expects the return to the old way of doing things will be a bumpy transition. She's worried because she remembers what it was like before. I've heard students in the past say, oh, well, my mom doesn't think I should eat lunch today because we can't afford it. 
And that's a that's a really tough relationship to have to impose on students and their parents. School district representatives say they will never turn away a student who is hungry. But Packard is concerned more families are going to experience these difficult dynamics. They first have to get used to paying for their child's meals again, and many may find out they no longer qualify for free and reduced lunch. This puts the schools in a tough position. The Grand County School District has set up a donation fund to pay for any student's outstanding meal balance. They're asking for community help to pay for kids' lunches. So it's kind of a scary it's kind of a scary place to be. And Moab might not be alone here. There are plenty of communities where wages may have increased, but housing costs might be double or triple the national average. Here's Spalding again. We know that districts in St. George have a similar sort of style to we do. Maybe in areas like Park City and those tourism-based districts, wages have gone up to reflect um, worker shortages within tourist areas. And so we're going to see the same problem in some areas of the state. And I think that we're going to see that across the West in areas that look like we do. Before the pandemic, Spalding says about half of Grand County students qualified for free and reduced lunch. They expect much less to qualify now. But they need families to apply to know for sure. They're trying to gather data so they can help change the standard. So if we encourage parents to sign up for this and we can show a difference from you know two years ago to now uh, district-wide, we can show that the program isn't really working the way that it's set up. And eventually we could potentially petition the state to say this doesn't work for Utah and it doesn't work for our tourist community, um, where the wages have to be at a certain level for people to be able to even work here. Eligibility for free and reduced lunch not only affects mealtime, it also gets students fee waivers for sports, discounts on college applications, and allows them to receive home internet access at a reduced rate. For Grand County, funding related to free and reduced lunch has paid for student Chromebooks and helped with grants that teachers and administrators apply for. You wouldn't think that one thing would, would really have that kind of domino effect, but it does. Nationwide, school food and nutrition advocates want to address this question of free and reduced lunch eligibility at the White House's September Conference on Food and Hunger. They say this pandemic-related free meal experiment has done a lot for the country's students. Advocates will point to studies on free meals helping to increase school performance and reduce behavior problems. Spalding believes it also reduces stigma. If everyone and their sister can eat free lunch at school, it's just what happens. There's no question of, oh, I can't afford it. Um, there's no question of, oh, I've got a, I have a negative balance on my account. There's none of that stuff. It's just you go to school and you get to eat. If you, if you want to have hot lunch, you can have it. And so it reduces a difference between students, which is always a positive thing. Grand County School District has staff to help families navigate the free and reduced lunch application. They say families who do not have traditional housing, so those living in an RV, hotel, or even staying with friends or relatives, can qualify for free meals regardless of income. For more, find links in the show notes. Ancient human footprints were recently discovered in the Great Salt Lake Desert by two archaeologists on their way to an excavation site. Caroline Long, with our partners at Utah Public Radio, explains. Darren Duke, an archaeologist with the Far Western Anthropological Research Group, invited Thomas Urban, a Cornell University archaeologist, to explore the area around Hill Air Force Base. 
Duke noted that geologic conditions here were similar to White Sands, New Mexico, where Urban and a team of others discovered ancient human footprints just last year. And it happened on the first day as we were driving out onto the range and we were talking about footprints and he was talking about contacts and he was looking around out the windows and then, you know, they would look kind of like that, pointing out the window. And that's how they were found. The area where Duke is working is sometimes called the Bonneville Basin because it was covered by the Pleistocene Lake Bonneville until about 14,000 years ago. Duke says the newly discovered human footprints likely date back about 12,000 years. In those days, the area would have been a marshland. A lot of the big open desert pans that you would find now, those had water in them. And in the shallows of these freshwater lakes would have also been extensive vegetation and wildlife and was really good for people. The ancient tracks were formed when humans stepped in mud or shallow water and sand filled the imprints of their bare feet. The context, people walking in shallow water in a marshland, would be repeated a million times over by people for several thousand years while those conditions lasted. It's an impression left on the ground and has to be preserved geologically, but I think those conditions should duplicate themselves. 88 footprints, both child and adult, were discovered at the Hills Air Force Base Utah Test and Training Range. Duke believes this discovery will help archaeologists know what to look for as they investigate similar sites in the U.S. Desert West. I'm Caroline Long. And that's the KZMU News for Wednesday, August 17th. Get your community-powered journalism Monday through Friday at noon and 7. You can also find KZMU News anytime online at kzmu.org or wherever you listen to podcasts.